0: Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment, because when you change, The world changes, and when you do your inner work, or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Thank you for tuning in to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. Hi, Laurel.
1: Hi, Laurel. It's nice to be with you again.
0: I know. I'm so glad we're back for our second podcast episode of Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with me. Yeah. I, uh, one of the most beautiful things that makes my life beautiful is gratitude. Mm. And we're not going to talk about gratitude. We're actually going to talk about sacred space, but I just was thinking about, you know coming into this space together and us you know each thanking each other and being aware of that feeling of just being grateful for the moment that you're in and the experience that you're in and how that begin actually does begin to set a sacred space tone
1: it does and and i would not really have been much aware of that i think that we think about a sacred space as something we have to create with things, right? A a physical space. But the reality is we can create a sacred space wherever we are, if that's our intention.
0: Yes, yes. And that is what we want to speak into today, as well as, you know, the idea of, you know, more formalized sacred space, but then the whole idea of informalized sacred space and the idea of external sacred space and internal ex sacred space so there's these kind of multi-level dimensions and ideas about sacred space well let's start kick it off with it's important to have sacred space when you're doing the beautiful work mm. what
1: comes so, up first? from a physical standpoint I am often reminded that our brains and our bodies are creatures of habit it's just how we're wired yeah and so when we you know, I use the example often with, with clients, when we sit in the same chair every night, and that chair is where we watch TV and have a glass of wine, our, the minute we sit in that chair, our body expects the same thing we do in that space. Mm -hmm. And so that is why a sacred space is so important, because if you have a sacred space, that's a physical place, and you're, you bring your body and heart and soul into that space your body will know what to do in that space, even if you don't. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the most important reasons to have a physical sacred space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A um, Couple of things that come up for me is one is the idea of, it's really about creating a space where you feel safe first and foremost. So it's that, that platform of knowing and feeling a sense of safety. So your body and your being and your mind and your heart can just relax and let go and like be present to the experience of now. Right. Mm -hmm. So that first, the first, that's the first thing that comes up is safety. And then I think the other piece that comes up for me is, is like, um, this idea of it, this is not just the regular routine and business as usual of the day. This is something we're doing that is set aside because it's sacred, important, elevated, high level. I don't know what the right words are. Let's think of more words, right? Um, work that we're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I, a word that comes to mind is mindful. It is, you know, intentional and mindful, and um, and maybe even grounding. You know, to prepare ourselves for the work that we're going to do.
0: Yeah. And I know that, you know, if you're working with a coach or a therapist or, and particularly if you're having an energy session, if anybody out there is listening to us and they've had any energy work done or been in space with an energy practitioner, you know, usually you walk in to their space and you already feel the energy is different, right? Because they're cultivating and taking care of the energy of their space all the time. It's something that's part of their work experience. And, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, there's a mindfulness and an intentionality to cultivating that energetic space.
1: And it's interesting, It you know, it um, reminds me that we do that um, our morning routine, you know, washing our face, brushing our teeth, we take care of ourselves that way, Mm -hmm. but we don't often think about taking care of our space in that same way. Um, So that is, you know, I think you're onto something there and creating a space that has the right energy and atmosphere for you to receive Mm -hmm. when you're in that space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To remain open to receive. So, I think too, what was coming up for me as you were saying that I was thinking about um, the idea of, of really, you know, the work that we do in sacred space is not always work that we would tap into or energy or thoughts or feelings that we would tap into all day long. We often keep them a little guarded. So it is this invitation for something to come forth that might not normally come forth. Yeah, it's like a baby, right? Like a tender baby.
1: It absolutely. And it's so interesting that you say, you know, we keep them guarded. I I was thinking that we separate them. You know, we we really do compartmentalize um kind of that that sacred space from the rest of our life. Um, And one of the things I've been really working hard at is how to bring that sacred space, an internal sacred space, wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and also thinking about it in, you know, the physical, emotional, and spiritual surroundings. Because when you have that sacred space, maybe in your home, you know, it is filled with physical, emotional, and spiritual things that remind you of your presence or your, you know, your spiritual well-being, um, you know, that peace of mind. Um, and we often leave that sacred space and then we're back to everything else.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think that, you know, I know it, over time, and I think about the The decades, you know, of doing the work and thinking about myself evolving in my own um, personal, you know, development experience, and how more and more of my life and my space has felt sacred and has felt like I can take jurisdiction over that as sacred space and as sacred experience, and I think that that's that expansiveness of the work over time that it begins to touch every aspect of your life.
1: So I have a question for you. Um, Does it reflect more of who you are now? Is that what you're saying?
0: I think so, yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, more of who I am. And I think that I am, because I'm aware, because, because I'm very present and aware that I'm always connected to my environment and then wanting it to be comfortable mm-hmm. and supportive of my life and the people that come into my life. And so it's this heightened experience of I I become my my environment becomes part of me and my life, and it becomes more sacred to me.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you are a greater part of your environment just by being. Yeah. A- That, you know, and I think about the separateness, you know, as we progress in this journey and creating sacred space and having, you know, sacred rituals, I'll call them, but presence and mindfulness, that we really minimize that separation between, you know, what our space reflects and what we are, which is, it's beautiful.
0: I think that, you know, one of the ways that sacred space became such an important aspect of my life and of my work had to do a little bit with um, my consistency and my meditation practice, because in that starting my day with a consistent meditation practice, I, I created, you know, if I went back to that same spot, right, that same spot started to take on the sacred space feeling, that chair, that corner of the room. I'd want to have some prompt or some element, some candle, uh, stone, whatever, to remind me, you know, that I'm there to be in touch with myself, to be in touch with my inner life, to connect with a divine sense of something greater than me. And so that for me was, I think, one of the ways that I started to really get connected to wanting to be in sacred space. My meditation mm-hmm. really helped me with that. How about you? Has it been? How has your sacred space experience, like solidified, come into being? Yeah, so interesting. Um,
1: it, through meditation, um, it was my meditation practice. Um, but i I have a very mobile med, um, sacred space. I have um, an African squatting stool that Mm, probably only weighs 15 pounds and I literally pick it up and move it to whichever window the sun is coming in.
0: Mm, That's so beautiful, Laurel.
1: And and I have a, you know, just a small rectangle plate that has a few of my favorite things on it, you know piece of sea glass, a feather, an acorn shell, you know, with a, a crystal, um, a laughing Buddha. And I bring that with me. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think that what it reminds me of is there's no one way to do this. Absolutely. Um, and I do know from a very young age, I loved I love to change i love to rearrange my furniture constantly yeah, I love it. <laughs> and so you know my need to take my practice where i want to be in that moment mm. serves me really well yeah um
0: yeah and i think it's a reflection too you know as you speak into that in that way is reminding our listeners that you know, energy shifts and moves and changes, you know, that we're constantly moving, you know, on the planet, around the sun, whatever, and that the energy is always changing. And so our feeling of what feels right and where we want to be can, can flow with that if we allow it. And, and the sacred space is created through intention and mindfulness and not necessarily by, you know, the, the, aromatherapy candle or whatever that you bought, right? It that, that's a nice piece to add to it, to enhance it, if it helps you, but the real true sacred experience comes through you, through us, through the practitioner, right?
1: It really does. And, um, and, and it, even that can change. It can change from day to day, season to season, you know, or phase of life, you know, um, and that is really incredible when you think about it, that we don't have to all do it the same. And we don't have to do it the same for the rest of our life. Right. You know, I often think about how do I, again, how do I want to feel and what what is it in my sacred space I want to feel when I'm in that space? And what is it going to bring? You know, what what is going to bring that feeling?
0: Yeah, one of the elements that I think I always think of too, uh, for creating sacred space, and particularly if you're in groups. so let's talk a little bit too now of being like in a group experience or in a in in working with a practitioner. Um, you know, some of the elements that I think are really important. And one of them, the first one that comes into my mind is non judgment, being in a judgment free environment, that that is critical to our ability to really be open and allowing and accepting of whatever comes up so that our being won't resist whatever work is there to have happen for us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What what else comes up for you? You know,
1: um, I think that the, the non-judgment is really critical for our safety, as you were just saying. Yep. Um, and I also think the community or, or relationships within that space when you're in a group setting, um, the sense of connectedness, which perhaps is, it's as important as the non-judgmental piece, and maybe that sense of connectedness is really created because you're in a non, non-judgmental space.
0: Yeah, I think that that idea of feeling connected um, is what allows us to feel supported. Mm -hmm. and held and witnessed in in such an intimate and beautiful way when we do feel like we're just a part of this group or group circle that we're in and we don't have to take responsibility for um you know creating the sacred space but instead the sacred space comes through our presence non-judgmental presence
1: It is really incredible because I, you know, I am reminded of oftentimes being in that space, it might be a yoga studio on on your mat, right? I, I can be in that space and sitting on my mat and feel loved and supported and not responsible for creating it for others. I'm really just able to come into my own and create it for me with, with kind of A giving of loving kindness and compassion to to all that's around me and something magic happens Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah so magical and i think that our practice of uh, this is one of the reasons that i that i've done group work all for since the beginning of the early stages of my work and wanting to lead it is that idea of the the real magic that can happen when you truly learn to be in that space, to to be a witness, a non-judgmental witness, and how it starts to carry over into your own life. Mm. Like usually we're our own worst critic, right? Our own worst judge. And so to sit and practice formally in that group setting of just taking time out, sitting and listening, no judgment, allowing somebody their own experience, it starts to transfer internally to our own witness muscle, our own non-judgmental. Oh my gosh, did I just think that of myself? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did I just really say that inside to myself?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I, um, I tend to call it, you know, being the observer, right? So imagine that instead of being our internal self-critic, we can be an observer you know, looking over us and our surroundings. Just a a neutral, you know, bipartisan observation. How incredible is that?
0: It's so and it's so incredibly powerful. I mean, it's I don't think there's anything really more powerful than, you know, developing that observer or witness muscle and self to be able to just watch the mind watch the heart watch the thinking watch the behavior and in a non-judgmental mental way just say it for what it is and make a decision about what you want to do differently if you don't like it you don't want to do it that way anymore right like there's some such purity in that experience so i love this i think we're getting into like people can start to hear and differentiate between how that external sacred space the cultivation of a container where we're holding others that are might be doing the work right or we're doing work with them and then there's the internal space of clearing the way so that we're holding the work sacred and and how do we cultivate that more and more over time through practice Mm
1: -hmm. you know in that i think there's so many rewards in that you know again i think about the physical the spiritual and the emotional and then the all the areas in our life that if we practice that sacred space internally in those areas um it will bubble out to everything and then it will change our relationships it might change the space we have in our house might change our daily habits behaviors practices and it could even change our thoughts right um and feelings yes which is really it really is an incredible opportunity because it's so different than you know how i think we are brought up to to make decisions and to do things that are all driven from an external perspective right or external drivers where when once that we can find that sacred space inside that becomes our driver
0: yeah yeah and i think that you know when we think about all the spaces that we may have you know, been experienced life in, you know, not only just our family, but peer groups and, you know, church groups or wherever they are is, you know, what are the, the, the experiences that you've had that, you know, where it hasn't felt safe, it hasn't felt like you could really show up the way that you want to show up. And what we're trying to cultivate in sacred space is a way of showing up authentically and not being afraid to reveal, you know, the more, more vulnerable parts of ourselves. And we can all do this. I love this topic because I think it's so empowering, particularly to women that are listening, but men our men listeners. Don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excluding you at all because to be around a man who can hold space say, in a sacred way is, is like, the highest level of protection, it's because it's just that they have a protection, you know, energy that's so powerful. Um, but for women, you know, when you're feeling like you're leading your family to be able to learn how to set the tone in your family life of how to interact with one another in a really sacred kind of way, you know, no gossiping, no judging, no, you know, like learning how to discard a lot of the th- the, the habits that we've learned you know, in the messy life that we live out, out in the world, right? And,
1: and, and even in the workplace, you know, when I think oftentimes we can do it in our families because, because we are, you know, we're the authority in the family yeah. to an extent, you know, then we go into the workplace or the community and where we don't hold that same authority. So it's harder to do. And then therefore it's harder to be vulnerable because we don't have the sense of safety or trust. And so when I think about that, you know, the vulnerability, I think not only do I have to feel safe and supported to share all of me, who I am, my fears, my worries, my hopes, and my dreams, but I also have to be willing and trust enough to ask to be supported. And I think that's where women often, you know, we have so much ability to create the home space, set the tone, you know, the expectations within the relationships and keep it sacred. And then we leave our home space and we go out into the world and we don't have that authority. And therefore we don't even know how to ask. We don't feel safe enough to ask for support and help. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And for those women that are out there leading in organizations, you know, I, I know I've had the, the ultimate absolute pleasure of working with, a few people in my life and i haven't worked a lot outside my my you know individual this career that i'm in now of being with people that led really well that could be vulnerable and do it really well in leadership roles and so i think that i think that's part of the paradigm that we're moving into now oh don't you do you see i them? do
1: and i'm so looking forward to it I am you know great. i i spent 30 years in working in a corporate career Um, and I cannot wait for the shifts that are going to happen. And, um, when I think about the women who lead and the men who are leading differently because of the women in their lives, um, and that is, you know, just a blessing.
0: Yeah. And because of doing this beautiful work, I think a lot of times when you meet people that, um, have a higher level of ability to share vulnerably, You know it's that they've done uh, some inner work that they've they've come to terms with some of the messiness of life, and they recognize that we all have that and that we all struggle with that, and how do we, how can we do this in a way where. You know i'm not i'm not saying that we're going to bring all our messiness to work, but what we want to do what happens is, if we don't have the safe space to talk right we we shut down the creative part of ourselves because that's the that's the most vulnerable that's what i've learned the most vulnerable part of us is our most creative nature it's absolutely your baby right and that part we do need at work we
1: do and you know it's interesting because i think one of the things that happens is that you know the greater self-awareness and the more people that are doing this work um you know, the non-judgment is part of doing this work. And so they've done this work, they're focused on their own self, their non-judgmental presence, and that just by doing the work, they're creating an opportunity in a sacred space for others to feel safe with them. And the trickle over is I think really where it happens that the more people that do this work, you know, the more changes we'll see in all of those relationships. Yeah,
0: yeah, so true. And and, you know, both of us have grown children now. And I think that we both also can speak to, you know, I really want to speak to the young mom listeners um, in, in a particular way, because I know I did a lot of my messy work when my kids were young and I'm glad I did. You know, I, my relationships with my kids now are there. They are three of my best friends. And secondly, I know that, you know, all the work that I've done, all my beautiful work has translated to them having a more beautiful life because I did not inadvertently, subconsciously cast my stuff off on them. And um, so to claim, you know, your space and doing the work, but that was one of my motivators at the beginning of doing the work was because I was like looking, I'm like, oh my God, I don't, I don't want my kids to like look at me and go, wow, she's a mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, you know, that was my motivation, too, and I think, you know, even though I think I've only been doing this work for about 10 years, that, you know, I, I uh, 26 years ago, made a major decision, a big, scary, frightening decision to leave my first marriage, um, and it was only because I didn't want my children to live in In a certain thing, you know, in a certain way, and I didn't want to be the role model that showed them that it was okay to sacrifice myself, you know in an unhealthy relationship. And so when you talk about doing the work and so that your children don't have to do the work to the extent that you did, they my children still have to do some work of their own. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that we we avoid that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so much of what we want, we want for other people. Yeah. And that is powerful, so very powerful, because even though maybe we individually aren't don't feel like we're brave enough to do something that it is knowing that others will benefit from it, that gives me the courage to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Oh, it's so much fun.
0: I know. It's so good. It's so good. And so many beautiful things come from it. I think that, you know, let's let's kind of come back to sacred space and we'll wrap sure. up. This yeah, time. we're going to come back. We'll be back to talk about I think we're what we have on tap for our next couple sessions. One is on resistance and then we've got another one coming up. We're going to really dive more into our stories because I know we both have some kind of juicy stories around, you know, how we ended up doing our inner work and we're willing to like dive in there and share a little bit. So we'll do that. We'll come back and do that. But let's wrap up with sacred space. So sacred space. You know, I guess for our listeners, um, I'm going to reiterate the thing that you said that comes so powerfully is the idea of mindfulness and intentionality—you know—that you can create sacred space anywhere. Those are the two elements that you under your power that you can use to create the sacred space. And I think that that's that's kind of like to me the the top highlight of what I want to make sure we come back to before we sign off today. I love that idea, mm-hmm. Laurel.
1: Yeah. And I think some of the things that I think about and how to create it wherever I am, you know, uh, I, some of the things I use, if I don't have, you know, my my home altar or my my meditation stool, but I, I create it by maybe, you know, a, a rock that I love to carry in my pocket, my wearing my favorite color, um, starting my day or listening to music anytime during the day. That you know lightens my my load. Um, you know some of those things are, uh, and then breath work. You know often tapping into, I have everything I need right here, right now, and remembering that through through my breath because whether I want to breathe or not, I do right. Um, and so knowing that I can take that, create that sacred space, and find my inner power no matter where I am, it's just such a gift.
0: Such a beautiful Um, gift. I love. I love you. Just put that all together so beautifully. And then, you know, I know we didn't focus a lot on this. And and I think you touched on it more at the beginning. And we might have hit it another couple of times, but not a lot. Is this idea of, you know, as we think about sacred space, um, the idea of also feeling like in that sacred space, we are opening to a divine order that we, whatever our higher power is, that the invitation is there, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through just, you know, the the flowers that you put on your altar, whether it's the stones that you happen to put out because or the, or the incense that you're burning, or whether it's simply, you know, that you're sitting with hands together and knowing in a weak moment, I need help. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the invitation for the divine to come in and through and we can, can be channels of, of the work of the, the greater work of being present and, um, and, and being love filled and light-filled.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Even when we don't know exactly what we need, just being open to receive in that way. Yeah. brings, brings amazing things
0: to our life. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, I kind of like the idea of ending with a couple questions to our listeners, anybody you sure. know listening to our podcast, like for sacred space, you know, to help invite you into the beautiful work today. So I guess the question that I'm going to, I'll start today and then I'm going to turn it over to you. What, if you, if you look around your space and your home, um, where could you begin to cultivate a space that would feel like it was bringing some sacredness into your experience. Like one small space. It doesn't have to, it can be a chair, it can be a corner. It can be a little tiny tabletop. It doesn't have to be a lot, but just the idea of a beginning and an invitation to make a dedication to this beautiful work through sacred space. Mm. How about you, Laurel? What, What invitation or question? The question I would ask is what is it inside
1: of you that you can rely on what you know what is that one internal thing um maybe it's that your eyes are brown and they always have been um that makes you know that you are forever who you have always been and capable of doing whatever you set the intention to do yeah. i
0: love that yeah that's beautiful that's mm-hmm. beautiful All right, listeners, (laughs) thank you for coming and joining with us today as we explored sacred space together. Remember, send questions to Laurels. We always have the um, address posted here with the podcast, so you know where you can write in questions if you want to, Um, and we'll be back for more very soon. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us. Bye, Laurel. Bye-bye, Laurel. joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. Feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.